All right, Soul Fam, here we go with a new episode of Ceremony Circle. I am your host, shaman and author Allison Charles, and you're about to spend time with one of the most beautiful souls I have ever met. It's my honor to call him a dear brother and friend. His name is Aubert Bastiat. And wow, talk about embodiment. If you've been listening to Ceremony Circles episodes all the way through so far, you know that that is one of the main essences that is so important to me in terms of guests that I have on, in terms of walking the spiritual path, being a spiritual teacher. You've got to have integrity and you've got to be embodied. And he has both. He's someone who has traversed so many different landscapes in both the earthly and astral realms. And I felt really called to have Aubert on because it is extremely important vital medicine right now to hear from men who are leaders in the consciousness space and completely surrendering and devoting to their callings in the way that Aubert has. So perhaps you want to share this episode with any men in your life or anyone who's wanting to more healthily integrate the masculine aspects within themselves. And we cover a lot of incredible ground in this interview. We dive into what to ask yourself to see how willing you truly are to aligning with and living your true divine path. Oh, I love this one. We talk about ego deaths to get to our sacred truths and the medicine of the heart, why it can be more challenging for men to do and how to do it. We explore how someone can be in so much suffering but can still be in denial or illusion, oftentimes due to coping mechanisms being so entrenched. And what was the key to Aubert finally letting himself see the contrast of who he was versus who he wanted to be? What to do at the moment where you know you can no longer put off the hard inner work that you just know you have to do? The steps Aubert took, that worked. And perhaps my favorite aspect about this beautiful voyage we take together is Aubert sharing in a very raw and real way about his personal journey. I think it's going to be of service to many of you listening. He shares about the root of his immense suffering, what led him to a very real live or die moment, and what the absolute key was that revealed that allowed him to instantly change his life. And of course, we've got to get into everything about the transformational and revelatory work the company he co-founded, Sacred Sons, does, and why that safest space that they provide is paramount right now. I love how he puts it in the interview. It's a space where someone can speak the unspeakable. It is that level of safe space, which is so needed right now as so many are healing deep root issues, core wounds, and having major awakenings. He also shares his number one tip to get into a place of readiness for truly highest level healthy romantic relationships and recommendations for men specifically who are feeling a tug to lean into the inner work or spiritual path, perhaps for the first time. So you know I always advise you to create a very sacred space. Perhaps you wanna light a candle and get extra comfy because you wanna be present for this one. He has so many mic drop and hidden gem moments that you wanna be aware of. And trust me, please mark my words when I say you definitely want to make it all the way to the very end of this episode because Albert shares a beautiful and powerful medicine drumming journey. And I had something so unexpected come up for me during that journey and I share all about it. 
So let's go. As our bear shares, we invite you to move beyond thought and mind and lean into what it is to love and be loved for this fantastic ride. Brother. Sister. Oh my gosh. Let us join hands. Yes. I'm so happy to be dropping into this space with you. Thank you for saying this. Thank you. Thank you for aligning this. Feels (sighs) super good. Man, and just we were reflecting before officially hitting the record button on just these incredibly, really potent seeds that we are realizing were planted, you know, I'm sure lifetimes ago, and then, you know, even more clearly got uh, planted and maybe started to just germinate many Mm. months ago. And so unexpectedly bringing you and I both to Austin, where we're recording this right now, and starting to connect the dots of what we are seeing is a really juicy experience, not asking us to go into that, but I'm just wanting to relay (laughs) to our incredible soul fam that's listening that there is some big power activating here. Yes. Yes. It's a beautiful alignment that's happening here without a doubt. It's just like a full body. Yes. A full spirit. Yes. Mm -hmm. And a full community. Yes. That's like, I think that that's what it is. It's like all of us individually have said yes to life, yes to love, yes to service, yes to showing up for the now paradigm, for the new earth to be here, for the monumental tasks that we have at hand. And we don't know exactly maybe the nitty gritty details, but it's like unfolding rapidly before us. Very quickly. Yeah. And so it feels so good to share this space and for this alignment to happen so quickly. And that's like, I feel like like what's happening here. You know how like at festivals or Burning Man or any any of these like really high energy places or even like nature. Bali. Ba- <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Bali, Ubud. Yeah. It just everything happens so fast. Everything aligns so fast. And that's what it's been here. It's like very fast and quick alignment in a good way. Such a juicy way. Yeah. I mean, because if I think if you had told any of us, the two of us sitting here and your beautiful wife, Devana, and my soon-to-be husband, Luke, if you had told any of the four of us that we would like end up moving and living in Austin, I think we would have been a little surprised. (laughs) It wasn't on my map. Right. It wasn't on ours either. And yet here we are and just having Mm. just in a week or two's time, these just incredible visions coming in and starting to understand, like you said, the bigger picture of things. And the last little just funny nugget about this Austin picture that's developing Mm. that I'll share with everyone listening is So Luke and I have been listening to the calls, trying to figure out where we're supposed to put roots down because it was very clear to him that LA was not it. Mm. So we did almost two months in Sedona. That was a clear no in terms of full-time roots. Mm. The next place we got called to was here in Austin. And before the plane even landed, I could feel something happening that was a yes. And so the fact that we in such a short period of time, like put an offer on a house. The offer was accepted the moment that you and Devana yeah, walk into our that was cool. today. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I kind of want to just celebrate that moment through the airwaves. I feel it. Yeah, I feel it. Been feeling it. It's a, it's a time of celebration. The new is like so present and it's like right here. The new is now. Yes. And so I'm yes. calling it the now paradigm because yes. like we're in it now. We it's, are. It's fully owning it. That yes. 2021, like we are building heaven on earth within. And it's, it's out picturing now. 
And I'm so glad you brought that piece in because, you know, from a shamanic and other perspectives, you know, what 2020 was, was this, I'm, I'm not saying that it wasn't challenging and tumultuous and hard and, and painful, but it was a very needed shadow extraction facing transmutation to transcend time. Yeah. And so it was, everything has been leading us, especially 2020 to this now paradigm that we're in. And we couldn't have landed here where we're at in this now moment without all Mm, the alchemy that 2020 brought. It all had to happen. It was all perfect. And as like, as challenging as it was, like individually and collectively, and it still is. Yes. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not like downplaying the intensity of what 2020 was. And at the same time, I think it's important to be able to hold all realities. Yes. You know, because that's what it is to be embodied in form and to be like a human in this time on earth. We signed up for this, you know, and regardless of what belief we might hold, we know it's true because we're here alive in a body. And so that means our responsibility lies in really holding space for all of it. Yes, all that is. You know, and how expansive can we allow our heart to be to really hold it all without saying no, like not in my reality. Well, I get that on some things, you know, we, we got to have our standard. We got to have, we got to set our standard for ourselves. And, you know, th- there's a varied experiences ha- that are happening here on earth right now. Yeah. It's, it's a vast and varied journey for so many in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And so for us to, you know, cast out or say like, that can't be here, you know, that's akin to exiling someone from the community. This is a, a global community mm-hmm. and no one has the authority to cast out. It's all part of the interplay of consciousness here. It is. The light and the dark, all of it. It's all the threads and the weavings of all that is. And we're all here playing our part in this grand, bizarre, fascinating story. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it a, so it, as intense as it was, as challenging as it was, there's also a lot of beauty. There's a, also a lot of victory. There's also a lot of clarity that came through from it. If we're listening, yes. if we're doing the work. Yes, and that's key because a big alchemical shamanic medicine piece of 2020 was for some and or many being pushed up against that wall and being pushed up against that place. You have no choice but to ask, feel, go deeper, figure out. And sometimes the human tendency can be to just stay in the zone that is safe, comforting to you, quiet. And in that pushing up against, it required many to go deeper than they've ever gone before and to feel in ways that they've never felt before and to ask themselves questions that maybe they've never asked before. Yeah. And, and all of that, again, we, I, we are not saying that that is not scary AF at times <laughs> and confronting. It's very confronting, but that's, that's the alchemy and that's, those are the points in which you can take what feels like scaredness and pain and inner trembling because you just don't know up from down. But if you go deep enough and really do the work, 
the grandest of fireworks of miracles and gems. It's like the treasure chest, yeah. the lid opens and you start to understand where your true, where your soul truly wants to take you yeah. and where you're truly supposed to be going at this time. Because a lot of relationships or jobs that were not truly serving your highest good got really revealed, things like that. Yeah. And like the structures that have been created, you know, are, that have been, are, that are antiquated really, that cannot exist moving forward because whether they're a drain on humanity, whether they're a drain on the earth's resources. And I believe like, you know, we have more than enough for everyone on earth to have what we need and more. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, distortion on earth. There's a lot of things and structures and ways of being that are so far removed from our natural way of being as humans, you know, as spiritual beings in human bodies, really. Wild creatures. Yeah. So rewilding, reclamation, revitalization, regeneration. It's really a rebirth. You know, that, that's what I'm feeling for 2021. You know, we're stepping into this new mm -hmm. in a good way. Yeah. Or not. And for those that choose the path of or not, that's going to have its own unique set of circumstances and consequences that come from that that are going to be like harder and harder lessons of whether you want to align with what is, do we want to align with our purpose for being on earth as human beings? Like, and it has to start individually. And that's why I feel like Austin's such a beautiful and like vital and fertile place for community that's like really growing of like community deeply rooted in the honoring of the sacred, mm -hmm. in alignment with like purpose, mm -hmm. in like in saying, we know who we are and why we're here. And we're not gonna let anybody no matter how loud their voice might be or how abusive their tactics scare us into disowning or denying our power, our love, and our, like, why we're here. Oh, I felt you in that. I mean, I'm feeling you, but like, you just went into a whole, like, you dialed into an extra little something. <laughs> a little something, something. There know? is a little something extra in that mix. Um, <laughs> so for those who are listening and saying, I want to be on that, yes side of, you know, the folks that are answering the call side. Uh, what, how do I, what do I do? Like, I'm willing. How willing, how willing are we? You know, I, I have to continually die to ways of being and, and, and thoughts and ideas of who I am to become actually who I am and what I am. Yes. You know, the, as you know, as you well know, there's so many initiations and deaths on this path of life. To really live, we have to be willing to die to what we are not. And that's a very difficult thing to do. As we know, there's cleaning, there's kicking and screaming. There's, you know, there's a holding on, you know, to who we aren't. And that's, I think, just like part of being a human. Mm -hmm. It's like we get really attached to things and people and places and ideas and beliefs at times. Especially with some of those identities, like, yeah, that feed our ego and that we like being known as X, Y. Sure. Like, a, like our conversation earlier, exactly. you know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and that's a death. And sometimes uh, we can see like those places where we need to die more in our resistance around it and to it of going like, oh, like that, that might be good for me, but like, no, not now. Or like, no, that's not for me. Or anything that we just like have that repulsion to or you know, a lot of energy around. It's revealing something to us, you know? And so my whole thing is coming back to center, coming back to the heart center to really listen to the heart. And for a lot of men and women, but a lot of men, that takes work to even unlock 
the armor, layers of armor that we have around our hearts, you know? And so that's a big thing for men to really be vulnerable and to really go to those places that are fucking scary. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, the heart being a key and especially with the men's work that you have really specialized in, I mean, I really want to go into that piece because for a million different reasons, but I want to start with, from what I understand, you yourself had to do a lot of work to unlock and unpack and open your own heart because while I don't know the exact details, because I was waiting for this conversation today, I know that as you were growing up, you encountered some addiction things and you encountered contemplating suicide. And so if you can share a bit about your personal journey and the places that you had to hit up against to open your heart. I don't want to go too much in the story either, because I don't want to go into like minding it. Yes. So I really want to feel into that. Yeah, I have a lot of work behind me. I've done a lot of work. I've been in therapy. I've been in group therapy for years. So some of the traditional modalities, as well as stepping into the shamanic path and self-healing and self-hypnosis, you know, working with plant medicines, prayer, meditation, yoga, you know, all the different modalities as part of this tapestry of healing, of support, of reconnection and reclamation. But yeah, you know, went through it being birthed into a family where there was uh, just a lot of challenge, a lot of chaos, a lot of trauma, cross-generational trauma on both sides. And I think that's, that's like not uncommon in these days and times. And it was, I think, just the combination of my father and mother and the traumas that they held that created this like really unique and challenging kind of like live or die, like that brought me to that point of live or die you know, trial by fire. And like, are you willing to face yourself? Am I willing to like own my pain, like in the depth of the pain that I've been through? What was one or two of those things that really got you though, to that place where you were feeling so much inner suffrage that you were contemplating suicide? Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, just as we cope as human beings, you know, we, we get good at using these coping mechanisms. And like, I was really just like oblivious to a lot of it for many years that I was so in pain. I was in pain, but I was like running really unconsciously. And so my awareness Mm. was very limited in scope, you know? And so I I look back at where I was, you know, operating from like really a primitive place, really like a developmentally arrested place for a long time, many years, you know? And I think that there's a lot of developmental rest, you know, happening in our collective and, and within men, you know, mm-hmm. um, but me particularly is just, it was just recognizing the contrast between like who I wanted to be and who I knew I could be and like how I was showing up. And when you said like, you know, I've done a lot of work, I have done a lot of work and I have a lot more work to do, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm a work in progress always. I'm always learning. I'm always growing as I believe we all need to be, Yes. but really feeling that contrast and that inner tension of like not being able to be my real self. And feeling like I was living as a a shadow of who I was, like who I really am, and not being able to break through this like invisible barrier. Like I didn't understand it. I didn't understand things that make sense. You know, there's just like so much, so many layers of like protection Uh around like the core wound, I think, of like really ultimately in my healing process, I realized it was separation from God. 
but it manifested in a human level as separation from father. Okay. You know, abandonment from father. You know, that he was there, but he wasn't able to be there emotionally. We could play games and do things and go into nature. And there was beautiful things he taught me and showed me. But his capacity to be present with me and to love me and to really see me just wasn't there, you know, because he was emotionally stunted mm-hmm. and wounded at an early age. Got it. You know, and so that that was like really unfolded in that way so that I could come back home to the real father, you know, ah, yeah. and, you know, in, in getting to know the real father, it's, it's knowing that it's father, mother, mm-hmm. you know, it's beyond gender, of course, because Absolutely. it just is. Yes. And how much or did it at all play a role in maybe some of your pains? You moved from Taipei to SoCal at five. Was that challenging or was that not really a part in? So that's a part of having trauma and having been through trauma is like, there's just a lot of blanks in like, of like my feeling experience. And there's been reclamation along the way, Uh but I firmly believe like, if we don't remember it, like, it's not something we need to continue on in our journey. And like, you know, you hear about people having spontaneous memories of their abuse or like even having inklings, like something happened to me and I don't even know what. Mm-hmm. There's just like a blur or there's like lapse in memory. So there's definitely pieces of like, I think just being, it being a very traumatic separation between my mother and father of like not being able to, it wasn't communicated clearly like, hey, you're, you know, this isn't about you. We love you guys so much. This is about us. They didn't have that awareness to be able to do that. And so it was a lot of, I think, confusion and feeling like maybe I was at fault for it. You know, just children having shame and taking on the guilt of like what's happening around, you know. Because did one parent not come over from Taipei or? Well, basically, yeah. No, we moved into my grandfather's house my, on my dad's side. And my dad left and went. He, we actually went to Japan and lived there in Japan for a little while because my dad was going to start a, a teaching job in Japan like long-term. Okay. And so he'd like see us during the summer times, but he'd be living in Japan. And so it was like a separation and like a different configuration of family than we had known up to that point, which was like my dad and my mom are together. We're living together, you know, until five and it was chaotic and it was, there's yelling and there was anger and pain, but there's also good stuff and like, you know, normal family things and like, you know, the hokey pokey. So you know, navigating that without clear communication and also carrying just trauma, the family and everything. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of confusion, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of insecurity of like, are we going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? Is this all my fault? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's lapses in memory. There's lapses in like, I don't remember like all of it. I just remember it was really hard and uncertain. And like, I remember like, you know, bits and pieces of you know, um, my my grandfather and my dad fighting. I mean, my gr- grandfather and my mother fighting because we were living with him. And like, you know, he'd like be racist towards her, mm. you know, because um, he's like German and, and Scottish. My mother's Taiwanese and she just doesn't necessarily speak perfect English. You know, it's like good English, but it's like, you know, there's, there's accent. There's, yeah, I'm starting to thank you for painting the picture a little bit more. I'm starting to understand. And so by the time things had culminated to that ultimate questioning moment that you're having, uh, and I believe you, you called out to like, if there's a God, like I need you to reveal to me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, all kinds of craziness and beauty and like challenges and, but living in atheistic paradigm. That's a big thing is like, I was raised in an atheistic household. There was no God, you know, if anything, God was mocked religion was mocked. This is like for 
for people that are weak. This is for people that are stupid. These are people that are lost. Right. You know, they're believing in fairy tales and fantasizing because they can't deal with life, you know? And so there's like this kind of elitism, like uh, like atheistic elite elitism that kind of took root within me from my dad of like, you know? And so I lived for the first 23 years of my life without any relationship, well, any conscious relationship to the sacred. To the divine. Wow. And so I can only imagine, I'm really starting to understand so much more clearly why you ended up being in so much inner pain because as this, you know, alive, potent, potently spiritually gifted, sensitive soul of a being that you are incarnating, popping out into this earth plane, and then you're completely cut off from the source that your whole being and always wants to be connected yeah, to. Yeah, that rejects it, yes. actively rejecting it wow. from my father's, what my, it was interjected into me and carrying that on until just like with all the suffering that it came with. Wow. Not knowing God, not knowing that like love and God are like synonymous, like really at the deepest level, that God is real, that an unconditionally loving God and source of all life is real, that I'm a miracle, that this is all a miracle. Right. I was cut off from that. And so I was living, you know, running from my pain, looking for fleeting pleasures, you know, getting lost in addiction and sex and whatever it might be that might take away that deep sense of emptiness of like, why am I even here? What's the point of life? So, so lost. Completely lost. Completely lost. And there's a deep, deep pain that cannot be soothed by anything when we don't know who we are and why we're here and like be, feel that connection to our source. Mm-hmm. And, like that, and that's like all the layers of my armor that were around my heart. But yeah, so, you know, coming to that choice point, really, it was the culmination of all of my human traumas, um, my lack of knowing that God is real, that God is here, that God is always calling us home integrator presence, integrator love, integrator abundance and embodiment. And, you know, being like, you know, God needs us to invite needs. She needs us. You know, I I don't want anybody to be caught on the words of, you know, these. these, Yeah. We understand it's, it's both. (laughs) So, yeah. So you're at that ultimate questioning point is what you were saying of. I was going to commit suicide. Yeah. I was, I was on, I decided to commit suicide. I decided to end my life. And I had, you know, ideations and like, even in some, like during a binge once, like I even thought about doing it, like really getting pretty close actually of trying to acquire a gun and go through the motions, but it didn't, it didn't unfold that way. So I'd been there kind of at the precipice at times, but it was never ultimately something that, you know, it was like, okay, whatever. I just, I'm I'm here. Right. Mm But it just got to that point where things were compounding and I just felt like a lot of self-disgust and a lot of hopelessness that kind of took root from like relapsing and being stuck in addiction for so long and like having no meaning of life, just like seeing the suffering around me and my mother and my sister and just like humanity coming across. There are good times, but it also seems so fleeting. Yeah, The good times were fleeting and they were like, you know, it was more on the, the side of, you know, running away or mm. escapism yes. rather than like true joy and celebration so of what life is. it's just compounding pain. Completely. It's just that compounding pain. And I think that that's like, you know, this isn't even worth it. I don't even want to be here anymore. And so my thought was like, well, it's over and it's just done. The, the thing that was keeping me from it was my family and not wanting to impact them negatively because it was, they're already in it, you know? So how did you, that moment when you had the ultimate questioning and you kind of reached out to a great spirit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you said, yeah. 
show me, help me. Yeah, I, I said, God, if you're real, I need to know or I'm going to end my life. And you know I'm serious. You know I mean it because you're God. If you're real, I need to know. And I was like, just like in agony, like really so much self-hatred and disgust and sadness and grief and just like feeling it all. Just like being being in really agony too. And just like, just feeling so disconnected, more disconnected than ever from life, you know, from any goodness at that point of just, because I, I was living in shame and I was living a double life. And so I was, it was all like hidden away, you know, the addiction. I was just struggling it on my own and I didn't really have any people I could confide in. And I had before and friends and like, you know, I just don't want to be that guy again of like, I'm going through it again, guys. Right. Like I fucked up again and I'm, I'm back in it. You know, so there's a lot of shame around it. And hiding that was like so painful. Right. You know? And how did God uh, yeah, answer and so, you? Yeah. And so it was just like, you know, I was on my bed. It was alone. It was that night. And I, I you know, what, what kind of um, accelerated it was like, you know, I wanted to, to go back out and score. You know, I wanted to go back and get high and get loaded. You know, and so like that self-disgust really took root. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? And it really just like built up, built up, built up until it was just so intense. And I'm like, I gotta, I, I can't do this anymore. And I, I cried out. It was like my soul crying out from within. You know, I, I need to know if you're real, God. I need to know. Like, this is like life or death. If you're real, I need to know because this is the only thing that's gonna save me. You know, and in my room, my room just started vibrating. It felt like the whole, everything was vibrating. Like the whole, you know, my whole world was vibrating. It was, it was all vibrational. And it, that vibration was outside first. And then it filled me on the inside. And that vibration was like, I mean, I wasn't on drugs. I wasn't anything. I was sober. And so like, it, it started out subtly first, you know, the vibration on outside and then inside. And it just became the only thing. And as I was in it, it was like, there was no more pain. There was no more sadness. There was no more anything except for this vibration of unconditional love that I had never known. Wow. I, I didn't even know what it was because it was just like this vibration until like I was in it for a good 10, 10 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, like, and then it started coming through and, and breaking down the walls around my heart. Because I think that's what the vibration, it, it needed to break down all those walls and layers and things that I had protecting me. The walls of illusion, the fear, all the things. And like it all, all my agony, all my pain, all, everything dissipated and disappeared. And all that was replaced was, God is real. This is God. Don't leave me, God. I never want to be apart from you, God. Mm -hmm. You are everything. I'm here for, for this, for you. And thank you. It was just like receiving that grace was like this indescribable thank you. When I, I didn't feel worthy, you know, I didn't feel worthy of this love, this grace, and I received it. And I'm here. I'm going to serve this for the rest of my life. This is what my life is about. This is, this is my message. This is like what I'm here to be. And I'm here to pass this on to other people that need it. Wow, such an instantaneous shift for you. It was huge coming from a completely opposite end of like, there's no God. There done. can be no God. You were done. To like, yeah, I was done. And that's what it led to. That was the dead end of the, like the final stage of an atheist path is that there's nothing. It's not, there's no meaning. And I love that God, Goddess, Great Spirit, activated inside of you, you know, so that you, maybe you didn't connect that dot instantaneously, 
but to know that that power is you and lives inside of you. Yeah. You know, there's something that was just so beautiful as I was listening to you sharing that of understanding, oh, I love that it got activated in you and of you. Yeah. So my heart opened. That's the key. That was the key the whole time. My heart was closed. And it would open at times, you know, like when you're with the right person and just in those different moments, it opens, but then it closes back up. Then the protections come back up. But this was just like a complete dissolution of the illusion that I was living in to know like, oh, this is ultimate reality. This is love. So if someone starts to feel these different, uh, maybe not to this heightened experience that you had, but on some grade or level, these kinds of activations within them, within their soul, within mm. their heart. And of course, everyone's path is, is very unique unto their own and, and different. But what did you do to, to continue on this newly illuminated pathway forward? Well, I was just coming off of addiction, you know? And so I had a lot of healing work to do. I had a lot of cleansing to do, detoxing. And so pretty much I became a monk for the next two years. I just lived a really aesthetic existence. Mm -hmm. You know, I just really retreated into hermit mode because I was more often just getting out and partying and like looking for the next thing. And I just really came back to like, I just need to be by myself. No relationship, no news, no TV, no distractions, and just come back home to like really reevaluate like what life is about now that I know that God is real. Mm. Now that I know that God is real and God has revealed itself to me, and loves me and is guiding me and promised to guide me because that was part of it. I'm going to guide you. Listen to me. Keep your heart open to me. And I'm going to be here for you. And I will work through you. You know, and so that was an awareness. And now I got to show up and do the work as a human. Like the hard stuff, the challenging stuff, the stuff that I had resistance to. And ultimately, yeah, it required me to cut off all outside input and to really come back home to my heart and listening to the stillness and meditating daily and eating right. You know, I, I, I was guided to adopt a vegetarian diet, you know, even prior to that, actually, I was, I was guided to that. So, but I, it really anchored it in like my awareness of why I needed it at that mm -hmm. time, you know, mm -hmm. to like really lighten my load. Cause I had so much work that I had to do so much trauma to unpack mm -hmm. a lot of healing, human healing stuff to face. Cause now that I had God within and around me, like I could go through that pain that I still had to go through to heal. There's so much more healing that I had to do after that. It wasn't just like this, okay, like all's good, I'm healed. It was like, then it really began. Yeah, you had walked through the doorway and then you, through the stillness and quietness, were able to like hear or feel or see, okay, this is the next piece I need to tend to. And Completely, and, and I'd get that. like really strong signs within and without when I wasn't listening fully. I did the do this. You need this. And it was like guided to the right people, places, things, experiences that I need to really unfold and unpack and let go, relearn, unlearn, yeah. you know, all the things to really come into alignment, like with what God wills. And like me as a unique expression of consciousness, as an embodiment of God, right? as we are all here to be, and we're all at different points. There's no superior or inferior. We're all exactly where we are. Mm -hmm. And this is where I am. So the last question before we dive fully into the importance of the embodied masculine work that you are facilitating for people, before we get to that, my last question, and 
I wasn't going to ask this, but because of your upbringing with the atheism, I'm really intrigued to hear, you know, family members, friends, because that's, you know, you made a strong pivot from the atheist lifestyle to like knowing God as yourself yeah. and working on the spiritual path. So is there anything to share around what that was like in terms of family or friends witnessing that in you? I was, yeah, it was, at first it was kind of extreme because I was ex really extreme with it. Mm -hmm. You know, coming off of addiction, basically all that energy went into like God and like seeking and expanding in those ways. And I had already been exposed to like, you know, I came across the Seth material. I don't know if you know Seth speaks. I came across that material when I was like around 19, you know, and I was like, wow, there's really something here. I don't know, but they didn't really say God. It was like, op I was open to it because I was like, yeah, maybe this is like all this, like, you know, it really expanded my perspective of what's happened, but I couldn't accept like the core tenet that like we are spiritual beings and there's more than this material existence. Right. And so your family and friends, <laughs> were they like, were they concerned at one point or in, or were they questioning like what's going on? Well, I think that there, I've always been kind of extreme and out there in many ways, yeah. like in my friend groups and stuff. So I like, I was always kind of like an initiator or like, a, hey, this it. is like, you know, the new thing. Like, oh, what's this new thing? You're like, what, where's all bear at now? You know, whatever it might be. But yeah, I did come in like really hard and heavy. There's like, a, I think in a kind of a dogmatic adherence in the beginning of like, I need to meditate this long. I need to, you know, it became dogmatic after a while, you know, because mm -hmm. I was just like, I think maybe there was a little bit of fear, residual fear of like going backwards, you know? So I had to like really do the work to, to solidify and be structured and, and like really clear and deliberate about it in the beginning stages because it was like this new baby right. that I had, I had to cradle, I had to nurture, nurture. and protect from, you know, those parts of myself that might want to undermine what's being birthed yes, in me. Yes. You so know, important. now that my heart's open, it's important to keep it open. And like, it's not going to be open 100% of the time. Right. But I need to create the conditions that can allow my heart to stay open as much as possible because that's how I can be generative in life. That's mm -hmm. how I can support the evolution of consciousness. That's how I can really love myself and others in the best and most highest way. I love it. So through your devotion to and your willingness to to stay open and, and do the work, you eventually get led and guided to, and I know you do different kinds of work and different types yeah. of facilitation, but this men's work, you, one of your companies, is it's called Sacred Sons. Yeah, yeah. It's an organization I helped co-found, and it's rooted in masculine alchemy. That's our take on it, the men's work. You know, it's like there's men's work and there's masculine alchemy. Yes, because we're embracing, you know, that we are consciousness. You know, we are more than just, you know, these bodies. Mm -hmm. There's more. There's more. We are more. There's so much more, right? And I love, I remember when I first came across what you and your co-founders were doing, and I thought, oh my gosh, I just, I felt it in my heart, and mm. I was just so thankful and so grateful mm. that truly embodied men were creating this specific container of work. Because one thing that I was aware of as a woman who was on my own healing quest yeah. and spiritual journey and coming into my truths as a shaman and medicine woman and also being single and celibate, but wanting sacred partnership, yeah. what I was hitting up against a lot was, and I realized this is a narrative, and I know that this is not a, an ultimate truth narrative, 
But in my experience, I was having a hard time finding men who were as far along the spiritual path, who were also as devoted to doing the consciousness work. Yeah. And I, the more, the deeper I got and the more embodied in my self-worth, respect, and love that I got, I knew that the only way I could be in a relationship is if I were to be in partnership with a man who could fully honor and see me. And in my experience, they seem to be trailing so far behind. And I don't, I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just no. my experience. And it's also you. There's, there's the part that that's you, you know, because you're in this work and you're here as a leader in this movement of consciousness. And so that's, you know, to call in that match, then that resonance. But in our collective, completely, you know, because women have been gathering for a long time and doing the work in different ways, you know. Women haven't been put in the box of like, don't feel. Because feeling is such a huge part of being human and relating as humans and evolving in, as humans is being able to feel, you know? Because if, if we're cut off from our feeling world, where's the juju? Where's the energy? Where's the transformation? The clarity. Yeah. It all comes from having, you know, a connection to our feeling world in a healthy, good way. You know, not needing to drink to open up and share feelings, for instance. or like. You know, just being able to be free and authentic in our expression of who we are. Yes. And reclaiming that, you know? And so there's women have been gathering and sharing their emotions and talking about all these things for a long time. And, you know, men have been relegated, you know, and really imposed with like these predetermined confines of like what's acceptable as a man. If you step out of that, you're not a man. Mm. And like what greater fear for a lot of men than to not be a man in this world that we've been raised in, the patriarchal society of like, you know, placing such supreme value on like manliness, you know, from a very like different lens, you know, there's like the true masculine, yes. right? The true masculine expression as the positive pole of creation, right? As the active component, the active principle, the generative creative principle in that way. And there's what we get in mass media. This is what we get in the world that we're raised in, in the families, by the fathers that, that father us to the degree that they're able to, but they're often not because they weren't fathered. Right. So much disconnection and disjointing. And, and so when it comes to what is your definition of a healthy, integrated, masculine component within oneself, or, or what is your definition of an integrated man. So I believe it starts at the core center. This is, and this is my personal belief and experience is it's coming back home to the truth of who we are and why we're here on first and foremost. It's like, we need to know who we are and why we're here. When I say who we are, I mean, getting deep into the truth of like what this is, what is reality? What's happening here? What is earth? You know, what are humans? Why are we here? And so really asking these deep, profound, and like pivotal questions that bring us back home to being a human first. Mm, oh God, I love that. We got to come home to being a human before we can embody what it is to be a man, you know? And that means a reclamation of our own relationship to the sacred, our relationship to the ineffable, our relationship to God, to creation, to life itself. You know, and everything will unfold from there. If we're in a, if we're masculine, we're in a, you know, a man body or we're masculine identified, as I like to say, 
um, because like that's what we're aligned with in this lifetime. You know, because I've been here before, you've been here before, we've been here before. And anybody who's gone deep enough into themselves knows that to be true. I don't need anything or anyone to tell me that that's true. I know it is, you know, and not going into any story. But for us to really know, like, what being a man means, we have to be open to the energy of source, of life, of God. Because how can we know what it means to be a man from the true primal expression of what it is to be here beyond just like, hey, yeah, I wear these clothes. I watch these things. I tend to like these things. And that makes me a man, you know, from the outdated paradigm, you know, that we're handed and sold and programmed with. Mm. I want to take a moment to thank Star Animal Sunday's fine jewelry for making this episode possible. I've been wearing many pieces from their collections for a long time, and they're incredibly powerful. Each piece is handmade in Los Angeles and New York of repurposed 14 karat gold and ethically sourced diamonds, and most of them have a power animal on them. So for those of you who have done a shamanic journey before and have a power animal that is very near and dear to your heart, you can look at the various options that Star Animal Sundays has and have that beautiful creature represented on a necklace, a ring, a bracelet. And the way I work with the pieces personally is they become a talisman, a piece of jewelry that represents spiritual wisdom and power. So For example, every time I look down at my hummingbird ring from Star Animal Sundays, I'm reminded of the sweetness of life, of the beauty that surrounds me always, and I allow myself to get into a place of presence and deep gratitude. My favorite part is that when you enter the code STARPOWER, all capitals, that's STARPOWER at checkout, not only will you get 10% off your purchase, but 25% of sales that are made using the code STARPOWER go to an organization that I'm very close with that supports the preservation of indigenous and ancient wisdom traditions. And those of you who have been a part of my community for a long time know that sacred reciprocity is a vital aspect of my work, and I recommend it to all, and this is one small way that you can do that. So just head to staranimalsundays.com, tune in to which power animal speaks to you most, and use code STARPOWER at checkout. Oh, wow. So I imagine in your years of specializing in this niche, oh, I can only imagine all that you have witness not just within yourself but within all the men yeah. or people that are identifying as and want to activate the masculine within them all those people that you have worked with oh my goodness the unravelings the the openings the breakdowns to breakthroughs mm. right i'm sure you've seen it all i have i've seen all of it i've seen it within myself and i've seen it within others and it's intense it's, it's fucking intense you know to hold space for victim and victimizer. You know, it, it's really intense to, to really hold it all in a good way, in a way that's really honoring of what's being revealed, underlying all the stories and all the pain and all the traumas, all the violation of self and other, underlying all of it. You know, it's, it's a birthing, a rebirthing, a reclamation, a coming back home to like who we are as men. That origin point, right. The, the, the God goddess point within. So 
Oh my gosh. Let me just tune in because I want to stay in this orb specifically because this work is just so vitally important. I really want us to go into as many nooks and crannies with it as we can, because I would imagine that a lot of the, the men who come to work with you and Sacred Sons, I'm sure some of them, it's their very first touch point into opening at all, I would guess. And so mm. I guess I'm curious if you can just share, for example, because I know within Sacred Sons, there's different offerings, right? Mm-hmm, there's the mm-hmm. live activations and then there's the online stuff. And But if you can give an example of what are some of the practices and rituals and mm. ways in which you hold that container sure. to have these openings happen? Yeah. So it's really coming back to the sacred and letting the sacred inform us okay. rather than trying to mind it or strategize or plan like this is how we're going to do it. Of course, we have ideas and plans and structures that we build as men. And it's really about allowing ourselves to be receptive as well as to like what wants to come through. And that's very feminine, mm-hmm. you know, and really having a connection to the inner feminine, to be receptive enough to listen, to be receptive enough to feel, to open, to trust and to surrender to the truth and to the higher, to the deeper, to what needs to be birthed and not what I want as Aubert or, or what, what like sounds cool right. or like an idea. Yeah. What you think the dudes are going to exactly. And, and go so for. it's moving beyond thought. It's moving beyond mind and allowing emergence to happen organically because that's what's being called for in this time. People want to move behind the ideas and the dogma and they want to experience what the sacred is. A natural unfolding and opening. Yeah. And so when it, there's, there's so much like pomp and circumstance and like there can be this artificial ceremonial vibe of like playing dress up almost, you know, that can, no judgment. It's all good. Like there's no, absolutely no judgment on my part. And there's the real, real, the deep, deep that like we all know when we're in these spaces and we go do this work that we encounter mm-hmm. that humbles us, that, that, that wipes the slate clean of like all the ideas we thought we knew and reconnects us like with like, oh, like just really how grand and how almost unspeakable it is. And that's why we need to feel it. We need to experience it. We need to create the conditions for men to be able to come and experience it for themselves. What it is to love, what it is to be loved, what it is to have a brotherhood of men who are here for this, who are on purpose, who are here. Like, so the men that are coming into Sacred Sons are leaders. Like they're leaders of this now paradigm. They're leaders of men. They're leaders of their families. They're leaders in this. They're here to be leaders in this world. And so they have different pieces. You know, everybody has a different piece of the puzzle on this grand tapestry of life, I believe, men and women, you know? And instead of like arguing and fighting about like who has a better puzzle piece or like what puzzle piece is like meant to be in the center or whatever, it's really just about coming back home to like our unique essence. Like, what are we here to do and be and show up for? Like, and how can we best complement and contribute our love, our energy, our intention to the growth of the all? Mm-hmm. And so with Sacred Sons, it's really creating the, the conditions for this emergence to happen by being embodied ourselves and bringing our unique gift forward and knowing how to work together and move together and operate together from a higher, deeper place mm-hmm. rather than just like, okay, let's get the, you know, the thing out and like, let's, okay, you do this, you do this. And there is that. There is some of that. But like, in the flow of it, 
as you well know, when you do events and gatherings and things of this nature, it can shift very quickly. Right. And you need to be willing to listen. Yeah, all the different medicine activations and then you just being letting it inform you. And so do there tend to be certain rituals or practices, whether mm. it's breath work or primal screen? Yeah. Or have you found that it, when it comes to this specific kind of work that we're talking about with the healthy masculine embodiment and integration. And are there certain practices that just tend to really work better? I wouldn't really view it as like a better or worse, but I do believe like it has to be part of the whole, you know, it has to be a cohesive part of what is being revealed and what needs to be like, just based on who's showing up from what lineages and what's like, what's really present in the room or like, or in the space, like, the men that are coming are each really, you know, carrying certain pieces right. that need to be un revealed, that need to be seen, that need to be healed, that need to be, you know, reconnected, you know? And so they don't, they might not even know what they're here for fully, or specifically, or they might think it's one thing and it becomes a total another thing. Like, and that happens a lot where it's like, oh, you know, like I, you know, I have uh, challenges with my wife and, and the relationship. And so I'm going to go in and, and try to work on that. And then like, it's like, oh shit, like I didn't even know this piece with my father came up and like I worked that and then now this is working well. Cause like you shifted this energy, you move this energy and suddenly this is unlocked. So, you know, I wouldn't say like better or worse than it's all, you know, as long as it's part of the cohesive whole, but practice wise, yeah, definitely connecting to the breath, connecting to the heart, learning to speak from sovereignty, like, and not like um, project my experience onto some, someone else. And so really reclaiming, like, this is my experience. I did this, mm. you know, so just becoming honest with ourselves yes. And, yes, and becoming aware and deliberate in how we're communicating ourselves and being open to the reflections of how other people are perceiving us. And so there's this like, you know, rich dynamic of alchemy that's happening within and without in these containers. And, you know, we go through like, you know, really opening the ceremony space. So really honoring the di different points along the way of the ceremony, you know, so it's over like multiple days generally, or if it's like just a workshop online, it's different, but still honoring the opening, opening it up in a good way. And then like, you know, setting the, the foundation of the container, you know, and allowing things to unfold organically through like structure and process, but that, they become over time more flexible and malleable and dynamic mm -hmm. with the container. So really setting it up strong and in a good way, aligned with spirit, aligned with the heart, aligned with a deep intention to come together and reveal and, and you know, reclaim to heal. Whatever needs to happen will happen. Mm -hmm. It always will. It always will. And so just having that trust and that faith that allows spirit to flow through and say the right things that need to be said, then connect the right people that need to be connected, that allows for, you know, the alchemy to really happen. And the work to continue on once they leave that yeah. four-day immersion with you or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, so it's all different pieces, you know, but really like the ritual connection piece, we call it ritual connection, which is like shadow work, you know. Um, so important. Has, has been like a really, uh, you know, that's the deep, deep. You know, we go into these places, you know, which many men in the world have never been. They've never been, you know, in a supportive container of peers, you know, of men who, you know, might even scare them, you know, of before, like, you know, there's so such a different, you know, dynamic of men that come in from all around the world. And so there's like all lineages represented, so much diversity and like so much variable of like who's here. And at the same time, like recognizing like the golden thread that connects us all. 
like as men and like that we are all showing up for this. Mm. So the ritual connection and going into those deep places to be able to speak the unspeakable, yeah, to really re- own our our you know where we've been out of alignment, out of integrity, you know the shame that we might carry. You oh know? God! Even as you're just saying that, I just feel the magnitude and the power of that to speak the unspeakable. Oh my God! It's like I just got a vision of a, you know, man there just like, just unleashing, just that uncorking for the first time of oh man movement. <laughs> yeah. So there's movement. There's all these different pieces that we use to help break down the armor mm-hmm. so that we're open enough to be able to go into those sacred spaces of shadow work, of ritual connection, as we call it, in a good way. Right. In a way where, you know, it's it's deeply authentic. It's deeply real. It's not acting. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. We're touching on the core. We're, we're touching into the numinous and the ineffable. We're feeling the transpersonal nature of reality. We're in this container and we're really feeling like, oh, wow, this is powerful. This is profound. And this is deeply, deeply supportive of why we're here. And like, this is a key in like the now parent. This is a key for us moving forward. This is something that we all need and we know it deeply. Mm-hmm. And when we're in those spaces and we like all have that shared knowing, it becomes, it just amplifies the vibration of this. It amplifies the movement of consciousness that's happening in this and really taps us into that sacred masculine, really taps us into the transpersonal dimension where it's not just me and what I got to do while it is, yes, on one level. But it's also opening up to like, oh, wow, my responsibility as a man in this time is different than it was for my father. It's different than it was for my grandfather. How so? How so? Well, we just need to look out into the world to see how so. And it'll be, we're going to gather different things depending on who we are and why we're here. We're all here for different parts and different pieces And our work right now is to really unfold and uncover and clarify so we can know without a doubt what that is. Mm. And like, that's what births sacred sons is that clear intent and knowing within me and within my co-founders that allowed us to magnetize and come together in this way and for it to like blast out in the way that it has completely organically. You know, like no paid advertising. No, it's really word of mouth. It's really been organic and social media. It's like when we see something as, as humans, we're just like, yes, something about this. Yes. Or maybe it's polarizing or triggering. And we get a lot of that too, you know, and that's okay because we're not here to make people feel comfortable. You know, there's been like lots of messages and comments and reflections about like, oh, like what you're doing is wrong or taboo or uncomfortable. It makes me feel very uncomfortable to see men expressing their emotions in this way. And I think it really just, it, it makes me sad to like, that that's where so many people still are, that they see like this beautiful expression of life, this beautiful expression of healing, this beautiful expression of brotherhood, and they project all their shit over it. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, you know, this is that, this is that, this is that. And they can't see what it really is by all the proje- from all the projections, you know, the distortions that don't allow them to see what's happening. What's interesting and what that's coming up for me as you're sharing that is I had a realization in myself quite some time ago, but it took me, <laughs> it took me a long time. I actually very much more masculine energy identified yeah. for the vast majority of my life. You almost have it. Like <laughs> reaching for your water bottle. 
I, you know, I think it was just my upbringing with the athletics. I was yeah. like hardcore athlete and just so ambitious and driven after the athletics uh, career passed and, and got into media and entertainment industry. It's just living in New York City. Sure, it's a grind. All the grind stuff. And so I was very far into my adulthood before I even had the conscious awareness that I was very disconnected from my femininity. Sure. And when I had that realization, I seriously started to text and call my friends, my female friends, female identifying friends. And I was like, can you tell me what even is the, like, what is it? <laughs> like, what, what does it mean? How, how does it move? How does sure. it work? Yeah. What is femininity? Yeah. I really was from ground, like 101 point phoning friends, like, can you give me a definition? And from that awareness and then mm. inquiry, you know, just as we know, great spirit universe starts to then do its own work yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. guidance. And I started just being pulled to different practices and, and even just on my own and all the years I lived by myself in Brooklyn, like just spontaneously being guided to lay down on the floor and position myself in a certain way. And all of a sudden I'm just working with great spirit and great mother earth to do this womb healing and clearing mm, mm, whatever the yeah. pieces of all of this might be so that I can get to know and become healthily integrated and embodied with my own femininity. And what I noticed was it wasn't until I had done that work and integrated my femininity within my own self that I could then appreciate the feminine and a male. Yes. Otherwise, it's a turnoff or it's like, you're just like, oh, like, this is like, it's not manly. You know, and I, I, there's a distinction to make about like healthy emotional expression and like patterning that's just stuck. Like it, it's basically cycling trauma, you know, of like where like, you know, you're, you might be, you know, working through, you know, maybe it opens up, like the gates open and like you can't stop crying for nine months. Like that can happen, you know? And sometimes that, that happens in different ways of like just like reclaiming advanced technology and architecture that's just been like, you know, basically misprogrammed, dormant, mistreated, all the things, right? And so it's like reclaiming like the divine blueprint of like what it is to be a sovereign and healthy and connected human being. And when that blueprint comes online for the first time, yeah. <laughs> when you've <laughs> never <laughs> felt it, yes. Yes. And I have felt it and yeah. I do know it, yeah. you know, and I carry that and it can be triggering to people, mm. you know, it could be, I, I can rub people the wrong way. Cause I still got ego and that's, that's just the reality of being life in, incarnated in human body in this time, you know, but like my essence, I know my essence. I know who I am. I've experienced myself very deeply, you know, and I, that doesn't always come through and express on the camera or like in conversation even, but in vibration. Yes. If someone is connected to themselves, they'll be, I'll be able to connect to them because I'm connected to myself. Mm -hmm. And like in that connection, it's like, okay, like I see you. I really see you. And in seeing someone, and when I say I see you, it's like, I see the love that you are. I see the divinity that you are. And to be able to hold that space of like seeing someone for the high potential of like who they are and why they're here is like really affirming in this time. It's really necessary in this time to be able to see each other in our highest, you know? And it's, it's easy to like fall into the traps that the media presents and the narratives that are like really blasted out and, you know, that we're programmed with that, like we have to choose a side or this or that. 
you know, the only side I choose is love. And that is a dynamic force that means everybody gets something else. But at the core essence, they're getting love and they're getting what they need, you know? And it's reciprocal, of course, you know? Love doesn't always come through, you know? But it's completely, it's imperative for the masculine to reclaim our connection to our heart so that we can love. Because like the, like the spiritual heart is literally the birthplace of love. And I learned this in my experience with the ineffable. You know, it was non-substance induced. It was prayer. It was brought on by prayer, you know? And so I can see how, you know, um, there was a quote, I forgot who said it, but someone said it so beautifully. We live in a world where so many men are agnostic and atheistic because at a deep level, they don't believe they're worthy of an unconditional love, an all-loving God. It's not even possible. It's not even in their paradigm of like what's possible. You know, and everything's just like so distorted in our, in our world in so many ways in mass media and like in the current, like, you know, systems in place and everything. It's very far from like our pristine origins mm-hmm. as like children of the divine. We're children of the most high. Like we have reason to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like we get to be here on earth and have this experience. What a gift, what a blessing. And without knowing, like really feeling without really being connected to like what a miracle and what a gift it is, it's, it's unbearable. It, wow. It's pretty tough to be here. And I get it why like so many people are in pain and, and suffering because like, if you don't, if you're not rooted in the sacred, if you're not connected to the sacred, if you haven't cultivated the connection to like the source of all life and the source of you, you're going to have to suffer a bit until you can find that in its own time. And there's no rush you know, because there's people that are going to leave their bodies in this time. They're going to disincarnate. You know, they're going to die in one way or another, but they're not going to die. Their body's going to die and they get to go on in some other way in some other time. I, I deeply believe that. So in terms of this particular category of our conversation, my last question for you is for the people out there that are wanting to, maybe they have not unlocked any of these suppressed emotions, but yet they, they are wanting to open up. But I would imagine if they know unconsciously or consciously that they have not opened the doorway to feeling and connecting to emotion, it can probably feel pretty intimidating and Mm. it's just, it's unknown territory, right? So how does a man for the first time start to access and connect in a healthy way to emotions that might be big or scary, whether it's anger, you know, how, how do they start to learn how to, to access and work with emotions like that in a healthy way? Well, I, I believe that we live in an age where, you know, we have ready access to pretty much everything, you know? And so there is a matter of personal choice and responsibility in this. Yes. Like, are we taking responsibility for our life and our impact upon life? Are we, you know, aware enough to see where we sabotage our own growth, our own success, our own love, our own happiness, and that of others? Like, so it's a matter of awareness. I believe it's going to, you know, it's going to be born in everybody in its own time. And if a man, like the men that show up are ready, like they're ready to do this work. That's why I mean like they're leaders, like Mm -hmm. that are coming, coming into sacred sons. It's like, if you're willing to come into sacred sons, you know, sacred. This is the ineffable. This is like beyond. This is the mystery, right? The sacred. What is sacred, right? And so you have to have a soul, even like an alignment on that piece to be able to come come into something with sacred. 
There's a lot of people that wouldn't even be open to Sacred Sons just because of the name alone. Yes. You know what I mean? I do. And so for the men that like just are not there, life will show them. Love will show them, you know? And they'll show by, they'll, they'll see it in the reflections in the people around them, you know, and how they're doing at work and how much fulfillment they have. To really get to the point where like, there's more, there has to be more, or I need more, or like, you know, just being aware of the negative impact that we're creating, you know, maybe like that's, that brings some men in, you know, like maybe they went through some, some trauma with their father and now they're going to be a father or they want to be a father. And so they're like, that love is guiding them forward to be like, I know I got some work to do. I got some shadows to face because I don't want to do this to my son or my daughter. What happened to me? You know, so I think that there's all different pathways into the work and that at the core level, it requires awareness. It requires courage and it requires self-responsibility. Yes. You know, so like everything else will fall into place if we have the courage to like open those doors that might have been remained locked most of our life because we're afraid of what's behind them or because we buried our pain underground, you know, in the basement of our subconscious. And like, we're, you know, we're binging, we're using drugs we're doing whatever it is so that we don't have to face that stuff. How did you learn to trust yourself to navigate as deeply as you do and to know that you'll be held, to know that you'll be able to handle whatever comes up inside of your own being? Well, on a human level, it's been mentors, you know, it's been, and been my friends, people that have loved me, partner, past partners and my, per, you know, present partner, my wife, Devana. Devana, shout out to Devana. Yeah, she's, she's been a blessing in my life. And, but, you know, for me to even meet a match and a, a, a vi- you know, a resonance with someone of her love and beauty and like what she holds and carries, I needed to do the work to get there myself, you know? And so ultimately, yeah, it's been love that has been shown me and expressed to me along the way that I've been able to receive and heal and, and grow from, you know, but love is always guiding us. I, I, I deeply believe that even if that looks like pain and fear and darkness and negativity, it's just like, it's just where we're operating at. Like that's what we're going to, what's going to motivate us, you know? So whether it's fear, whether it's anger, whatever energy that gets us moving and gets the energy moving and gets us through the door so that we can meet like our own true self, which is God, like it's all good. It's going to happen in its own time, in its own way. But I believe in this time, like there's a kind of an accelerator happening. Like we're in 2021 now. We're, we're stepping into 2021 and the intensity is going to go up. The challenges are going to go up and so are the blessings. You know, I believe it's an acceleration of everything because evolutionarily speaking, like we're at that choice point collectively. We've been here for a while, but now it's really ramping up. Like choose this day who you are going to be in this world and how are you going to show up for it? Like choose this day, whether you're willing to let go of the things and the people and the places that no longer serve you to show up. Are you on assignment or are you not? Are you in or are you out? Choose your reality. Like, you know, and it's, be, it's becoming like, you know, like COVID that create, you know, created that spaciousness in some ways to be like, hmm, why am I here? And what is this all about? Am I happy? You know, is this, is my life meaningful, you know? And if I were to die tomorrow, would I be able to die in a good way and have no regrets? Because that's ultimately what it comes down to mm-hmm. is living in a good way. And when it's our time to leave these bodies, are we going to be leave in a good way? Are we going to leave with grace, 
with gratitude, with like just the absolute trust and faith that like, yes, I did as much as I could. I gave as much as I could. I loved as much as I could. I evolved as much as I could. Completely, completely, right? Because like, you know, with all the confusion, all the stuff that's out in the world, it's really about getting clear and returning home to the truth of like, you know, why Jesus Christ came here, why Buddha came here, why Krishna came here. Why did all these different divine teachers from throughout time come to earth? What was their message that, you know, we like erected these huge man-made artifices around these people who are just like messengers, who are just like our older brothers and older sisters who are coming to be like, yo, hey, humanity, this way. You're taking a few wrong turns, but you can come back on the path. Like, here's some things. Watch this. Like, let me get, capture your attention. I'm going to bring someone back to life. I'm going to really, you know, alter the laws of time and space so you can see that you are more than this, that I am more than this. But like as humans, we have a tendency to deify and put people on pedestals and like really like the core message of mine and sacred sons. And I think just like that's need that people need to hear is that you are loved. You are more. You have what it takes. You have the support you need, but you have to open to it. You have to take responsibility for it. You have to seek it out. You have to do the work. It's like, we have to be the ones to really choose Yes, this is the world I want to live in. This is who I want to be on earth. I'm going to let these parts go because they no longer serve me and they're no longer aligned with who I am. And that looks like eating better. It's like exercising and taking care of this vessel. That looks like meditating. That looks like serving in the community. Healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries. And even those small, like what might seem like small things, but are huge, you know? That's like really support the evolution of our own soul stream, but also the evolutionary potential of our family and our community and expands your city, our earth and all, all that, right? Mm-hmm. But it all comes down to, to us and like really taking full and final responsibility for life. Are we willing to take responsibility for, for life? And once we can do that for our own life, then we can like expand from there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not going to necessarily be neat and tidy and like, okay, well, you know, it, it's all in motion and all in process. It's yes. all happening now in this eternal now. Yeah, I was just going to say that is that, <laughs> you know, one thing that has helped me, you know, because God knows I've gone through so many rites of passages, mm-hmm. and deaths and rebirths, spiritual fires ripping and raging and <laughs> roaring and burning off Eww. and over and over and up and down. And it, da, da, da. I mean, it has been the wildest, <laughs> most miraculous ride. Yeah. So I think, you know, the more that we can just embrace the allness and, mm. you know, just the willingness, just the knowingness that this dance is just a juicy, wild dance. It's you know? wild. Yeah. It's in, and not put these expectations or pressures that it needs or should be tidy or, mm. or that fast or no, it's just this ever ongoing infinite process of becoming and learning and releasing and all of it, all of it, all of it. And it's, it, and that's what it comes down to. It is perfect. It is all perfect. Let's come back to that truth. If it's happening, it is the highest manifestation in this present moment that can happen right now, given our collective state of consciousness, given the karmic ties that bind us, that we have to clear, you know, you cannot create or destroy energy. Just all is, we are all just part of is. And it's, I do believe it's continually expanding that we are continually expanding. And 
You know, there's so many people that are like, see you later, 2020. Fuck you, 2020. It's like, okay. Like, I get the funny part of that, the humorous part of that, the mean part of that, that I laugh at. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it's always, every moment is perfect. And it's always the greatest teacher if we're willing to listen, if we're willing to learn. And if we like write it off as wrong or bad or it shouldn't have happened, then like we're missing like a fundamental piece of being in relationship with the all that is. I really felt that one. Oh, so good. Okay, so before we get to your ceremony offering, I just can't skirt over because I know so many people have messaged me and Luke when it comes to them witnessing what we both went through individually. Yeah. And then to get together as yeah. a couple, they're just like, oh my God, you guys give me hope. You give me the faith to just continue on to, to, to not give up hope and all of these yeah. things because we kind of been through it all. And yeah. so when it comes to sacred relationships and, and just conscious coupledom, you know, what advice, any tips, either mm. going to men, people that identify as men, people that identify as women on either or both sides uh, for people that are yearning to get to this place of just very high level functioning of health and consciousness and sacredness in romantic partnership tips to, to get there. How, how can they, how can they get there? Hmm. Be honest with yourself. Be lovingly honest with yourself. What within you needs to change? What in you needs to die? What in you needs to fall away? so that more of who you are can be embodied and show up on earth and shine through so that the one or the ones you're meant to be with, because I, I believe that there, it, there are many ones for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's just about time, place, and space for that alignment to happen. You know, and I do believe there are some, you know, there's like unique cases of just like that eternal dance that you just find that one, you find him again in the next life and you find him again in the next life. I do believe and feel that. And are you willing to be honest and deeply honest with yourself of like what you're here to be and who you are. So if, unless we know who we are and like, I mean, deeply, like, who am I? I think that's like the, the pivotal question to ask ourselves. If we're meeting all these wrong matches, like say we're like in this like pattern of meeting wrong matches, it probably means that there's something not matched up within. Yes. Right? Yes. And it's like, it's, it's always a reflection. Like the, our partners are always a reflection of us. And I believe like it's just as men, for instance, like if we meet a feminine, they're going to be reflecting to us things about our inner feminine. You know, they're going to be like the perfect mirrors for us. You know, our partnerships, our relationships are beautiful containers where we can really alchemize the stuff that it no longer serves the evolution of both of our souls, you know, because two can become one. And I've experienced that with Devana. When two becomes one on a very deep level, then like all the ifs and buts and, and things fall away. Mm -hmm. You know, you've created a container of safety, of trust that can continue deepening into love, you know? And, and I know you and Luke have doing that. I, lo I love like coming into your vibe and feeling it in different couples. You know, you feel it in different ways. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, that's what I was speaking to. Like, yeah, there's just this resonance. Like, okay, what's here? What needs to unfold through this? You know, but like coming back to really self-honesty, I think. Because like, I think, you know, along the path, a lot of us just have a tendency to, to believe in the lies we've been told and to repeat them to ourselves enough to believe that it's true, you know, about like, like fundamentally who we are, like, who are we? Like, who are we? 
And I think we're going to, we got to align at the deepest level. Like, I think so too. Right? Like, and, and I imagine for the people listening to this podcast, you know, who are tuned into your frequency, you know, they're here to really become that, to embody that, to embrace all of themselves. You know, in Sacred Sons, we, we have a saying like, all of you is welcome. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need to hear that many, many times until we actually believe it, you know? So really like the only tip of advice or anything I could really like say in this short time that we have is like, come home to yourself. And that starts with being honest, honest with yourself. That might look like, you know, facing childhood traumas might mean like at looking at some uncomfortable shadows and parts of ourselves that like there's a lot of shame around or a lot of pain around. Taking responsibility for the role you played in a previous relationship Completely. dynamic. It's, not it's just never just one thing. It's yeah. never just one thing. Like even in cases where it does look like that, mm-hmm. you know, like an abusive relationship, for instance, you know, there's self-responsibility, right? And like to, to, to even be responsible for self, we have to be honest with ourselves. Yes. And so I think that that like, like coming to like the core essence of it, like what is it really? Love that so It's like so much. being honest with yourself so you can be who you are here on earth to be and attract someone that's completely aligned with the authentic truth of who you are. Yes. And you'll rock it and make lo- the best love ever and grow the best family if that's what's called for you and like just really thrive in life. Mm-hmm. Do you want to thrive in life? You want to thrive in life? And, th- and that's it. Like, are we willing to let go? Are we willing to die? Are we willing to feel like the deep pain that sometimes we mask with like ego, personality, addiction, whatever it might be, labels, identities that keeps us, you know, from like really reclaiming and coming home to ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know? And so coming back home to ourselves is coming back home to our hearts. You know, the spiritual heart is the birthplace of love itself. And so really to me, it's like, it's coming back home to the heart. Yeah. Which has this like beautiful intelligence and like field that it projects and like the information that's being sent from the heart to the mind, to the head, you know, the, the heart to the brain, even, even just on that physical biological level is like super fascinating, you know? So honesty. I love that so much coming home to oneself and you just said it in your way. And I say it in my way, because for Luke and I, it wasn't until I became sovereign and truly came wholly home to myself. And he did the same that then universe, yeah. God, God has brought us together. Yeah. Cause you guys knew each other for several years as friends before, it, right? Exactly. And we were both doing such deep inner work and I was celibate for almost five years. He almost two years and just so many pieces to our own personal journeys before it was time, before yeah. I fully came home to myself. That's a big piece. The celibacy. Okay. I was celibate for two years as a man before I, re- not not before Devana, but before I opened back up to like conscious relationship yes. after having been an unconscious, mostly relating. And so I think it's really ultimately knowing where we're at and like, you know, sometimes we can escape like the work that we need to do by getting into a relationship. You just nailed what I did <laughs> in that And what I did too, you know, we all do, <laughs> yeah. you know, we all do. And it just comes down to like, are, you know, are we tired of that, that pattern of that game? We're not getting any younger in these bodies. These bodies aren't getting any younger. It, it, you know, souls are like, you know, wine in that way. As we age, it gets, only gets better mm-hmm. in general for souls. But for the body, you know, there's, you know, we can extend the time we have. We can make, you know, we can revitalize our youth. You know, we can like really honor the temple in a good way. To like prolong that. And at the same time, we're, we're going to die. These bodies are going to die. Mm-hmm. We're like, we're not going to die. We're going to go on forever. And these bodies are going to die. And this lifetime is going to be up. There's going to come a time where like, okay, like your work here is done. Or like you've had your, all the good chances you get. You know, I do believe like reality forks as we make choices. 
you know, this collapses this reality. I made a choice here and that reality is gone now. I know that to be right? true. And so it's like continually making those choices that are in alignment with the highest. And when it comes to love and relationship, sometimes that means like staying out of relationships for a while so you can do the work, so you can heal. And so you can really like, you know, rediscover and come back home come back home. Like, who are, who am I? Yeah. Cause my ultimate surrender, when I realized, like, I just basically got to the point where I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe that vision that I thought I had of me being in conscious, a relationship, maybe that isn't it. Cause it just wasn't happening. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, I, and, and so I said to, to God, goddess, I said, you know what? I've done so much work on myself and I love myself so much that if it's just me, myself and I, for the rest of this journey, I'm, I can be good with that. Oh, I feel that. And that's like such a huge like part to even receiving like a love like this, you know, to really being like, okay, like I found the love within. I came back home to myself and I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm so good. It'd be great. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, yeah. And if it's not in my cards, I'm okay with that too. Exactly. And I'm going to make it the best. Yes. And as soon as you like proclaim that and own that, it's just like, that's when Luke and I got together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, so good. Oh my gosh. Well, I think, I feel like now medicinally, energetically, it's the perfect time for you to guide our soul yeah. families listening into a beautiful, for those of you who are ready, <laughs> and for those of you who are willing, and for those of you who are leaning into this possible opening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Albert's going to guide a beautiful drumming. I'll let you explain and, and let people know if they need to lay down, sit up, whatever we should yeah. do. Yeah. If you have the capacity, it'd be great if you could take a few moments to clear your space, to pause if you need to, to, to use the restroom. So you can just really be clear and present in your space. So whether that looks like sitting, if that's most comfortable for you, or if it looks like laying down, whatever feels best for you in this moment. So I uh, just briefly wanted to say that, um, you know, drumming has been a big part of my healing process, you know, reconnecting uh, to this the primal beat of life and allowing it to express through me. And, you know, along my path of healing and awakening, I came to a crossroads where I was going to go on to go into grad school to become a psychologist. And uh, I was gifted a workshop, a Michael Harner and uh, the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, I, I was gifted a workshop, in, in Intro to Shamanism. And I was like, okay, I'm going to ch- check this out. And it completely veered my path uh, away from the traditional… Shamanism will do that. <laughs> and so I used to call myself a neo-shamanic practitioner, and, I, and I've since like shed that just because… You know, there's so many misconceptions in in the collective and projections and all these things. And I I just like, that's not part of like why I'm here to deal with that energy or to like shift that. I hear you, brother. (laughs) I got it. I hear you. Yeah. So, but the drum is something that everyone, all humans can play and reconnect to. And I do believe that there is uh, an importance of honoring lineage, you know, and at the same time, we are also all indigenous to this earth. And there's no one culture that has claim over the drum and like exclusive rights to the drum. The drum is for all humanity. And these altered states of consciousness that we can enter with the drum as a means, right? Because it cha- just through the toning of the drum, it changes our brain waves. It alters the frequency that we resonate on. And they can allow us to access really beautiful and fantastic states of consciousness and ways of being. 
that can really expand and accelerate our healing process. And so my recommendation to everybody is to like get a drum, to listen to the call, find the drum that you can call for it, you know, like do a little intention, a little ceremony around it and like allow a drum to find you and learn and play with it and, and, and just, you know, make it yours. I second all that you have just said. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little long-winded, but I, I, no, I wanted it, to... No, it's needed. Yeah. So when I do this, um, when I'm playing the drum and when I've played the drum historically in a healing way, an intentional way, I'm coming from my heart. And so it's not about how it sounds necessarily, it's a, but it is to support you in moving beyond your mind, deeper into your body, deeper into your consciousness and to, to a feeling space, into an open space, into a listening space so that you can just reconnect with what within you needs to be reconnected to or so you can shift. So it's really individual. Everybody's going to have different experiences. And I know that there's some practitioners that are like, this is the intention of the ceremony and this is like what the outcome is. And that's great. And for right now in this way, in this time, this is just a very open drumbeat from my heart to yours. So let's just all take a breath together in through the nose. Not through the mouth. Into the nose. And out through the mouth. Into the nose. And out through the mouth. And do a few more. And as you're breathing, just focus on your heart center a space in the center of your chest. A couple more. Last one, breathing deeply into your heart. Breathing out anything that no longer serves you. Relaxing into this present moment, relaxing into this space, giving yourself permission to close your eyes if it is safe for you to do so. Just really feeling the aliveness of your heart, your beating heart, this physical, spiritual organ can really help you connect and bridge the realms of heaven and earth, spirit and matter.
starts to fall away. Feeling any tension, any discomfort arising. Favoring presence and stillness. Clear. Yeah. 
heal, support, honor it. Might be someone from 10 years ago that you've never thought of again. Might be someone in your immediate reality. There's energy that needs to be clarified and unified. yourself see yourself as your highest and truest expression what do they feel like what are they doing how are they living how are they showing up what shifts are they asking of you? What changes are now upon you for you to become who you're here to become? Own it. Feel it. or supports from all times and places, our families, our friends, our enemies, all those in life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Such a fantastic ride. Wow. That was big medicine. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I normally don't share like too much of what comes up for me when people guide their um, ceremonies or rituals, but I just, a few little nuggets. It was so fun. I went so many places <laughs> right before or right as you started drumming, I dissolved into like a total like 
chrysalis goo, like a caterpillar goo, you know? I just like melted away. And then as the drumming began to get more activated, I was so surprised what came in is when I was a very little girl, my uncle, who I love dearly, he is is a psychotherapist based in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So I would go visit him and he would take me to Native American reservations. And it was a lot of my first transmissions, especially on those kinds of sacred grounds and watching their ceremonial dances and things. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, really great. And I had, as a very young girl, gotten a Kachina doll. Oh, really? Yes. And the doll, the archetype of the doll was the clown. Yeah. (laughs) And for some reason, this Kachina doll, it was representing me, but that doll came in and was doing, you know, ceremonial (laughs) dancing and like really working it. And there was some big messaging in there around that it's time for me to release that particular archetype. Mm. or that particular manner and style of medicine delivery or something. And mm. there's more for me to yeah, yeah. explore here. Beautiful. But it was so unexpected and powerful and, you know. <laughs> That's so cool. So cool. When was the last time you've thought of that doll? It's been a while because of the cross-country move. Ah. I don't, it's somewhere in a box. Oh, you have it still? I, yeah, I still have it. Whoa. I still have it. Is that Hopi? It is Hopi. Okay, yeah. And so I'm even wondering, you know, and again, it'll reveal, but I'm like, is there something mm. ritual-based that I need to do with this doll, of course? Mm, yeah. You know, and yeah. so all of this is coming up Yeah, for me. beautiful. I'm, so I appreciate cool. you actually dropping in and tuning in, and I felt you already. I'm like, okay, cool. She's coming along. Oh, yeah, I was with you. Gosh, so many other things happened, too, that I actually, as it's all kind of vanished as it sometimes does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, as soon as you come They'll out come Yeah. So beautiful, though. So many visions, relatives coming in. Oh, the last little thing that I'll share was towards the ending. Whoa. A whole chorus of Native American elders Mm. singing. And I'm not even going to attempt to try to reenact the song that sure. I heard because it would just, you know, sound atrocious probably. But, (laughs) you know, but it was. Oh, God, it kind of does want to come through. I'm not going to try to like legit recreate it, but just so we can kind of, it was like, let me see if I can find it again. It was like something like that. And it was a whole chorus. And it felt a lot of men. It sounded like mainly men. Yeah. So it was a lot deeper in tone than what I just did it, you know? Man, it was it was a real I feel big it. symphony. Yeah, I feel of it. Natives. Just you reflecting that. I can feel it. <sighs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that reflection. It's it was beautiful. that was a that was a great voyage. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. My honor, my privilege. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for being on Ceremony Circle yeah, Podcast. This was a real ceremony dropping in with you. Yeah, really. It's not was. just a name, it just is. It just that was is. cool. Thank you for recognizing that and mm. feeling that. And yeah, you really create the space for that to come through in that way. So thank you for just being able to hold that space for me to just be able to go there and like, you know, allowing it to unfold so organically. Cause mm-hmm. I can sometimes it just like do 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 do. You know, and it's like, and you're like, oh, let's come here. Let's visit here. 
and it, it felt really good and supportive. So thank you for holding that, that beautiful space of knowing, you know, like what needs to come through and like creating the container for that. Mm-hmm. So I really felt that here. So it really did become a ceremony. Yes. Even, even just conversation, like just like flowing back and forth. Totally. So I feel it. I thank you. I felt it too, brother. And so for everyone listening, all the soul fam that was on board this fantastic <laughs> ride with us today. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. And while you all know at the end of every episode, I just, you know, close off and seal off the ceremony, sometimes just energetically <sighs> or sometimes with the rattle. I think this little rattle does actually yeah. come through to just do a little sealing, closing. So just thanking everyone for showing up, for weaving with us. And just with the brightest, most divine, illuminated light, we bring it around this whole sacred space, this whole ride that we all took together and just seal and close it off with the most pure medicine, the purest and brightest transmissions to continue to serve our hearts and our missions and our pathways moving forward. And so it is. And just know that while this particular portal and container is officially sealed and closed with honor and reverence and sacredness, you Mm. can, when you are called, always come back to this episode when you feel like you want your heart to open again, Mm, when you feel like you want to go on this voyage that Albert took us on again, just pop the episode open and Re-listen, or if you just want to get back into the ceremony-specific piece, do that as often as you feel called yeah. to do it. Yeah, speaking to that specifically, you know, we're in this really age of, of hyper-connection and info-saturation. And it's so vital for us to be able to come back, you know, take a few steps back if we need to, because sometimes we're in the hustle. So maybe you're listening to this in the car and you're able to get bits and pieces or you're, you're not able to really be with the, the journey part of it. Or maybe there's a couple pieces that you wanted to re-listen to. There's so much medicine and so many codes in these transmissions. You know, they are really energetic. You and I have been here and sharing the sacred space and really broadcasting the essence of what this is and what we're speaking to. And it's beyond words. And there might be a few words in there that can really accelerate or trigger open things up for you. And so my encouragement is that you dive back in if you feel called into to any of your podcasts. I know you're going to have stellar guests who are here to bring it similarly and differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's an honor to be on this broadcast and this channel. So really feeling that medicine. Oh, yay. We will end in that celebratory vibration. Bye-bye. Woo, what a powerful voyage that was. It is just my greatest honor. It brings me so much joy and activates and lights up my soul to be able to sit with these incredible embodied, true spiritual masters and leaders from all over the world. I ask that you please, if you feel called, continue to support them and their work in whatever way that feels aligned for you. 
please go to my website where all the show notes are listed so that you can access their direct links to their website and social media platforms and additional information about them. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle so unique is that at the end of every single episode, as you just experienced, we immerse in a powerful ceremony, ritual, invocation, prayer, spiritual song, some sort of activation that the guest feels called to offer on that day. So listen to your intuition. If at any point moving forward, you feel called to come back and re-immerse in this guided ceremonial experience, do so. Because I guarantee every single time you experience it, you will receive a new medicine transmission, a new awareness, a new awakening aspect within your soul. It has been an honor voyaging with you. Please keep the Ceremony Circle community vibes growing and activating. Find me on Instagram at I am Allison Charles. And let me know how you enjoyed this episode. Let me know how you are creating your own sacred Ceremony Circle space. Tag those in your soul fam who are immersing in the Ceremony Circle episodes and experiences with you. And let's unite in the next episode coming out next week so we can continue to activate the consciousness energies of planet Earth and the universes. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.